Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. We are having a nutritional session today. We're going to talk about a nutrient that is essential for fertility and pregnancy and that it is coming up as something that could really be influencing cases of unexplained infertility, meaning there is an explanation, but you just don't have it yet. (laughs) And a lot of the time, it's a deficiency in certain nutrients. Of course, it could be an interaction of things going on with your immune system, toxins, inflammation, all the things. But, you know, today we're going to be talking about iodine. Iodine is a trace element in soil and water and is ingested in several chemical forms. Seaweeds, fish, or other seafood, iodized salt, iodinated breads are the main dietary sources of iodine. Uh, Most forms of iodine are reduced to iodide and efficiently absorbed in the stomach. Iodine is an essential nutrient and it makes up part of our thyroid hormones, which is really the key to everything we're going to discuss today. So T3 and T4, two of the thyroid hormones, and the release of these hormones into the blood goes on to facilitate a number of different processes in the body. Because of this, not enough iodine in the diet can lead to hypothyroidism or an underactive thyroid, which is constantly diagnosed in fertility cases. And this can represent symptoms such as tiredness, weight gain, brittle hair and nails, um, irregular ovulation, constipation, bloating, brain fog, but it can also have an effect on fertility, pretty much impairing follicular genesis, so development of follicles and eggs, quality in the development of the eggs, ovulation, embryo quality, it affects all of that. Previous research has found that severe iodine deficiency is a major risk factor for negative pregnancy outcomes, and that's where most of the research was. It was on pregnancy, not on fertility, but it did result in um, many cases of premature labor and even stillbirth, and and the like IQ and like sort of neurodevelopment of the child. But since this is a fertility podcast, we're going to focus more on that. So, what are the consequences of iodine deficiency for fertility? Iodine is essential for normal thyroid function, as I mentioned, and, you know, the regular uh, and balanced thyroid health is what promotes healthy ovulation and hormone levels. So normal TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, which is what they generally test for, promotes follicular, follicular growth. And so that's like the follicles house your eggs, your oocytes. So if you're having an egg quality issue, if you're you know not responding well to IVF, or if you're just not ovulating or ovulating late, we should look at the thyroid. 
TSH acts on the FSH receptors due to a structural similarity and enhances FSH induced by preantral follicular growth. So not only can iodine deficiency affect you during that menstrual cycle or that cycle, let's say you're doing like a retrieval or something, but it can lead to an issue with the quality of your eggs, you know, over that like 90 day period that they kind of get ready to be released. There was a large study of uh, 1,653 women that provided some remarkable insight for women hoping to conceive. It was found that iodine-deficient women took on an average of like a few months longer to conceive than women who were iodine-sufficient, so who had you know enough levels, uh, sorry, enough iodine in their body. Uh, not only this, but the iodine-deficient women were significantly less likely to have gotten pregnant after trying for at least 13 months. Overall, the large study found that women with inadequate iodine intakes were significantly less likely to fall pregnant than the women who had sufficient intake of iodine in their diet. Iodine is listed amongst the micronutrients required for normal female fertility. Severe iodine deficiency can lead to reduced thyroid hormone production in pregnancy, but I think even a mild one seems to have an effect too, which I'm going to get into. This can have adverse consequences with milder abnormalities such as uh, the subclinical hypothyroidism where it's kind of borderline and and we're doing a bunch of Synthroid, but maybe we're not paying enough and like level, you know, it's level thyroxin, the medication, but we're not paying attention to like what is making your thyroid under function. Undertreated mild elevation of thyroid stimulating hormone uh, in pregnancy has been found to be associated with increased risk of miscarriages and adverse outcomes. Over the years, I've been diligently working away at crafting effective herbal blends for a variety of fertility challenges. My newest blend, the egg quality formula, has been clinically proven to improve chances of pregnancy in women with low ovarian reserve, poor egg quality, and those of advanced maternal age. It's available for sale at junkjuicemagic.com or naturnalife.com or by contacting us at the Naturna Institute at info at or DM us on Instagram. Case, you wanted more? I've got more research and it gets even more granular. It's like really interesting actually as I dove deep in. So it's well known that a deficiency of this trace element is associated with abortion, stillbirths, and congenital anomalies. Um, more recently, there was a study uh, with over 500 women in the USA that found that those with lower urinary iodide levels had a 46% reduction in fertility. That's massive. Moreover, um, women with low iodine levels also took longer to conceive, which I also mentioned, with 28% of the iodine-deficient group failing to conceive at 12 months compared to only 12% in the iodine-sufficient group. So, like, you're basically, like, three times more likely to have issues conceiving if you have an iodine deficiency. Um, this suggests that iodine deficiency may contribute to a proportion of unexplained infertility in developed countries. Another study in West Africa showed that women with iodine deficiency have twice the risk of reproductive failure, and again, the risk of reproductive failure being directly proportional to the severity of the iodine deficiency. So mild iodine deficiency is obviously an issue, but severe iodine deficiency is worse. So I know we're not animals, but we still learn from these studies. Cows with unexplained infertility showed improved fertility when treated with iodine. The authors of that study postulated that infertility was secondary to subclinical endometritis. Now, endometritis 
is so common these days. It's like an infection, um, an inflammation of the uterine lining that's being treated with antibiotics and antifungals. In this study, they looked at using iodine because of its bactericidal action, and it worked. And it restored the damaged endometrium and made the uterine lining more receptive. There was also thinking that, you know, yes, there's bactericidal action of the iodine, but maybe it was that it changed the uterine pH to be less acidic so that those bacteria couldn't thrive. So when you take the acid levels down in your body, the bad things can't thrive. When you're overly acidic from bad diet, from stress, then that's when like fungus, bacteria, candida thrive in your body. Successful pregnancy involves a complex interplay between immune cells and cytokines to promote or restrain inflammation at the maternal fetal interface. So an imbalance between um, T helper cells, regulatory T cells, and, and natural killer cells can result in unexplained spontaneous and recurrent abortion. So NK cells or um, natural killer cells are an issue with unexplained fertility. Reproductive immunologists think it's a big deal. Most doctors don't think it's a big deal. I say, you know, why not take note of it? So dysregulated lymphocyte subsets and abnormal expression of cytokines, which are inflammatory markers, are also found to be associated with recurrent implantation and chronic endometriosis. So like, you know, inflammation basically in our reproductive system. And, and iodine can help regulate that. So, you know, some of the researchers in these studies concluded that their findings highlight how important it is to continue to my, monitor the iodine status of women of reproductive age. I, I wish that we could just do like a panel of, of our nutrients when we go to the fertility doctor, like just measure all the ones that are relevant and let's just take a look and see, you know, what we're low in. Luckily, they're looking at vitamin D, which is like massive, but I think we could be looking at a few more iodine included. So obviously, you know, the fertility aspect, we need to pay attention to the iodine. I don't want to completely neglect in the in the conversation, you know, early pregnancy or pregnancy. The demand for iodine actually goes up in pregnancy by about like 25-30%. So maternal iodine, the thing is that it plays a significant role in neurological development of the fetus. It's critical to the synthesis of T4 and T3, which you know, those are the thyroid hormones. And maternal iodine deficiency decreases those hormones, which are essential for neurological development. So it keeps coming back to the thyroid. So low maternal T4 levels can result in neurocognitive issues. A recent study from the United Kingdom demonstrated significantly decreased IQ scores in children whose mothers were mildly, only mildly iodine deficient during their pregnancy. So we want to eat iodine rich foods. We want to, you know, not eat so many foods that block the absorption of iodine. So median iodine levels in the United States have decreased by 50% for some reason, maybe our crappy processed food diet in the past three decades, uh, we, with recent studies demonstrating that pregnant women are mildly iodine deficient. Nevertheless, data show that only 22% of U.S. pregnant women take an iodine-containing dietary supplement. You can usually find like around 150 mg in your prenatal, but you need more like close to like 250, 300 when you're pregnant and like around like 225 when you're trying to get pregnant. So foods rich in iodine, you don't want to OD on it either. But like, I mean, I love seaweed. A little bit of seafood is helpful. So seaweed, seafood, um, cod, tuna, you don't want to eat too much of those because they're mercury laden fish. Shrimp around like, like 12 ounces per week 
combined of these things. Dairy products, full fat dairy if you're having any. I'm not a huge fan of dairy in general because I think it's kind of inflammatory, but fermented dairy such as kefir, yogurt, full fat, good quality in, there, uh, in your diet here and there are fine as long as you're not intolerant. Prunes, lima beans. And then, you know, maybe a little bit in your prenatal or in a supplementation form too. You can kind of test if your doctor won't do it, test if you have a deficiency by putting liquid iodine on your arm. And if it soaks right in, you're deficient. And if it kind of sits on your skin, then you're okay. I know that sounds very woo-woo, but um, that's like a naturopathic approach to doing it in the office. So anyway, you want to, and you want to, um, avoid the iodine blocking foods like cassava, which is found in a lot of products these days. Um, cassava and tapioca, cabbage, other brassica vegetables, like raw broccoli, raw kale, raw cauliflower. When, once they're cooked, they're actually okay. Processed foods in general are not good. Soy and an excess of strawberries and peaches. I mean, I don't know how many of those you're really eating to cause this issue, but just in case you you maybe don't want to eat like, you know, peaches and strawberries every single day. So in conclusion, get your iodine, have your balanced, you know, have your balanced diet and, you know, be attentive to nutrition and thoughtful about your intake of things. Don't get everything through supplementation. Supplement a little bit. Get some through your food. You know, that's that's the way to get the best absorption. And don't try to get everything from iodized salt. Otherwise, you'll be very puffy. So there we have it. Thanks for joining me again. Um, love doing this with you. Until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.